Welcome to As You Were, a podcast about Alkaline Trio, where every week we talk about one Alkaline Trio song. This week, it's Sundials. That felt good. Felt real good. Oh, 50 of those. Crazy. Crazy how many of these we've done. I've done 25 of them now. Mm -hmm. You're on, you're on, wait, no, have I done 26 and you're on 24? Something like that. I don't know. Something like that. Math is weird. It's uh, wild though to look at a big round number such as 50 and think here we are. I I also find it strangely appropriate that uh, our number 50 is the song. Yeah, it is. Really worked out nicely for us. I think that uh, there's, you know, we could we we have for the most part integrity with yes. the playlist. Yes. And fifty, we were like, hmm, what should we do for it? And this was a song that came up randomly, and it's mm-hmm. like, all right, well, this makes sense. Feels As you were a podcast about Alkaline Trio, episode number fifty, we're going to talk about the first song on the first. Seven inch. Yes. Uh of the same name. Uh what a weird little song this is, Tim. Um that's what I think every time I hear this song. I think David Anthony, my co host of mm-hmm. As You Were a Podcast about Alkaline Trio, that this is most certainly a very weird song. Yeah. Um I assume you and I had a similar first exposure to it, which was on the self-titled comp, correct? Yes. Um, what did you think of it? Give me, take me back and then bring me forward. Track 11 on the self-titled comp. You kind of get to a point. We had an interesting conversation on our Patreon, patreon.com slash as you were. Mm-hmm. Did a little mailbag episode and somebody brought up a very good point that The Alkaline Trio has two compilations collecting various tracks from all over the place. Mm -hmm. And the fact that these compilations are so loaded with content that you're bound to lose something in there. Sure. And the idea that hearing things as they're coming out, and especially I think the collective experience that a lot of us can can share is the the remains stuff the middle of remains yeah, where yeah, yeah. we're all chomping at the bit for the atticus comp the oil yes. comp um i i don't think too many people were sitting and waiting for uh sundials to to drop on johan's face records yeah but our taking it in as the 11th track on a on a compilation that had the i lied my face off ep and I mean, even the songs that come after yeah. my friend Peter are still suffering. Yeah, I mean, it's it's crazy when you have something like that because, you know, these kind of collection compilation records are the only things that work in this way where it's like that packed with hits unless it's like a greatest hits thing, which you kind of know going in. Um, and this is such a weird, you know, piece because to, to borrow your remains point, like, I'd argue the first nine, ten songs, all great. And, like, I enjoy the the songs on the one-man army split in the vacuum that is the one-man army split. But when I hit them on Remains, it feels like a big downshift. And it's always felt that way to me. Um, But, again, when I put on that side of that record, I like it. And Sundials is one that always felt really just 
you know, it's the type of song you hear and you're like, oh, this is a band that's really young. And saying that would make sense. But then, you know, a few years later, hearing the demo and hearing like Week Week and these early versions of songs, I was like, oh, they had better stuff already in like 97 being on the the comp that it's on, yada, yada, yada. Like, so there's already better songs. And it was just, it's crazy to me to think that like, you know, the A side of this is kind of like a weird song that they did early on, kind of abandoned that type of songwriting. And then the B side is an early version of one of their most iconic tracks. Right. It's wild to me that Sundials is the A side to this. Yeah. And going back to hearing it for the first time when you're you you hear a cure cover which is you know it's a fantastic cover but it definitely like i think takes you out a little bit even it, even as as things are kind of you know you're in an interesting space when you're listening to songs like for your lungs only you sure. know after after bleeder or my friend peter where they're just hitting it out of the mm-hmm. park they're so in full stride and and I really love the For Your Lungs Only songs, but they take a little bit of time to get used to, I think. And then you have this Cure cover come along, and then you hear Sundials, which is, it's such a dirty guitar tone. Yeah. His voice is kind of not there. Yes. It's got a weird charge to it, and I think that for a lot of us, this was a song that when you're first hearing it, if that's the context that you're hearing it in, you're just like... I don't know what to make of this. Yeah, exactly. And it's it's weird that, you know, it's kind of a compilation that almost goes purely in reverse chronological order in terms of release stuff. Um, and it was always, you know, in hindsight being what it is, it's weird to me that the demo wasn't originally included on this because yeah. it was a CD. So who cared? You had the space. Um, but what I want to say about it is, like, I was thinking about it today because this is a song that I've kind of always, I don't want to say, like, underrated but i've kind of always viewed as a lesser than of the early stuff and like people who listen to this podcast know we are by and large fans of that material Mm -hmm. but when i hear this i definitely can put myself in the shoes of a newer fan and be like oh i i yeah i see why maybe this is not the most accessible thing but listening to it that way i think i finally kind of happened upon why i don't like it as much and it's it's purely Matt's vocals and the vocal melodies and the lyrics. I think musically, it does a lot of the stuff I like. I think the last minute's great. I think Glenn's kind of drum roll to speed it up mm-hmm. is awesome. It hits a lot of their like things that were similar to Nose Over Tail or Week Week or 97 where they'll jam something for a bit and really take it to a place. Uh, but, you know, the the initial riff's kind of weird and that is that is what it is. But the lyrics are just very bad to me matt does like talking about potties and potty talk i was i was sitting listening and he's like you're you were like a toilet bowl at the end of the rainbow and i was like that's such a stupid lyric and then i was like he also shat the bed and laid there in it (laughs) he's got his lyrical tropes um poop is one of them uh as we've talked aviation biggest maybe mm-hmm. but i also just think the chorus to the song is so lazy like the fuck if i know hard to tell with no fuck it's just like very like juvenile like i'm gonna say fuck in a song i'm gonna blow your fucking mind yeah that like one version of fuck followed quickly by a different version <laughs> yeah. of fuck it is a little like all right yeah uh we just saw we just saw fight club for the first yeah, time yeah, yeah. like 
But, um, you know, <laughs> there are lines on this too that like friends of mine have like pointed out specifically, like, you know, we both got laid like concrete. Oh. It's like, no, that's not, <laughs> that's not good, man. No, no. I mean, I, you can tell, I think, unlike a lot of the other stuff, like this is very early in his lyric writing because one could argue the B-side to this record, Nose Over Tail, is doing a similar kind of thing, but it works. And this one just doesn't. I still, you know, this is maybe the first time on this podcast where I straight up don't know if I have a fully formed opinion about this song. Yeah. I feel like it does a lot of things that I like. Like yes. you said, it's got things that feel primitive, Yeah, um, which is never really, at this point in my life, a, a reason to not care for it as much. You know, as I've gotten older, really come to appreciate things like Week Week and the early recordings of songs like Nose Over Tail. Yeah. But this is one where it's just like, all right, it's primitive. It sounds strange. Things aren't quite there. And there's nothing that like I can really latch on to and be like, oh, yeah, I love that. Because it's like what I love best is the second yes, half of the song. And totally. it's like, okay, well, the nose over tail version of that is infinitely better. Yes. And like he- here's uh, my counterpoint to that a little bit is because I'm on the opposite side where like to me generally – primitive stuff is always more interesting to me um but i think that's not like a fetishization of like lo-fi or whatever i just like when something comes really naturally you just don't want to admit to that guy to buy voices is your favorite band oh uh no i don't have that strange compulsion uh <laughs> thankfully but it, like i a task am right up there oh god yeah going pretty sweet a game of pricks got wow. going over here um but like To me, like, I would, and I think we've said it before, like, I think the goddamn version of Nose Over Tail is far superior. I, like, really don't listen to this version. And I think there's stuff, again, on Sundials that works, but to me, this is a song that's always felt really weird, where it it is primitive, but it feels, like, strangely labored over. Like, the lyrics and the, the weirdly, like kind of aloof vocal presentation and delivery has always struck me so strange because he's not like that on anything else. And I feel like he was really trying to reach for something and go outside of himself a little more because it's the most like spoken his vocals have ever been on a record. Um, and, And so it's just, it's a weird like kind of outlier where I don't hate it, but, and it has the hallmarks of things I love but it would be the bottom of the heap of the first probably three releases for me. I wonder what you think, it would, you know, what that could be. The idea that he's reaching for something and it's something that's like not really in his wheelhouse, but it doesn't work. I wonder what it is that he's thinking is the objective here. I've, I've always wondered that. And I was thinking about it today because we see some references both musically and and lyrically in those early years about some of his influences, right? There's the U.S. Maple line. There's, you know, he was a huge No Means No fan at the time. And at the time, with what they were putting out musically in those early releases, you could argue it, it, it fell closer to the Chicago art rock scene than the Chicago punk scene at the very, very beginning. Yeah. Um, and 
I think he's going for like a weird Albini thing in this song. And I think it doesn't land. Uh Uh-huh. You know? Because it kind of has that like, though Albini's always more angry, generally, Mm -hmm. he's not like always shouting. He's just doing kind of like, I'm talking and saying this thing and this kind of gritty, like fucked up story I'm telling. And that's what kind of clicked in for me is I think he's trying to do something maybe more in line with that like touch and go Jesus lizard Albini kind of world. Yeah. I mean, I think that would make a lot of sense. You think about the identity of punk music in Chicago, you know, through the eighties, the nineties that, you know, touch and go era is probably the most identifiable Chicago punk thing that's ever happened. And around 96 97 it's like you got things from all over the place kind of comprising uh the identity of the punk scene at that time and you look at the things that johan's face who put the seven inch out was putting out at that time it's like you do have the smoking popes but you also have like god's reflex a couple years yeah later. yeah or even just like all of mark's bands you know right the, the traitors and no empathy yeah yeah and like it was a different world and to to speak about the seven inch a little bit as it's itself like it's interesting because like i don't know anyone who's like oh sundials is my favorite alkaline trio song i don't know anybody with that opinion if that's you cool would love to hear why because i think that's generally fascinating genuinely fascinating but this is like probably their most collectible release in terms of like if you want to buy a copy of sundials you're going to spend three hundred dollars and that's obviously there's an appreciation for what it is and what it means and what it stands for and it's also interesting how i think the cover art of the seven is maybe the most the coolest thing about it Uh (laughs) i think that's got a lot to do with it is that it's not it's not a branded alkaline trio release the font isn't there yeah the art is so cool they never go back to a thing like this and just ever that again. like shot of them playing the fireside in the back where it's just like matt's legs and like mm-hmm. it's just it's a really cool record and it took me forever to get a copy of this fucking thing uh that's funny because to... i felt like he just would always put mark he being mark would always have a copy of it at bucket of blood yeah. For like a hundred bucks, hundred fifty. Yeah, I mean so Or you just you weren't gonna pay hundred and fifty bucks. I eventually did. <laughs> but I mean that's the thing is like even then, it, it probably wasn't. If it was a hundred bucks, I would have jumped at it because that's the cheapest it's probably sold for in forever. But it's funny to me how uh this guy I used to work for used to work at a record store in Milwaukee and would book shows for Alkaline Shrew and da da. And he worked at Atomic Records and he was like, yeah, like we used to just have those like in the free bid or like in the dollar bid. And at some point they went from being that to being a $300, $350 record pretty quickly. Um, And (laughs) my journey with that is I was searching for it forever. It was kind of the last big Alkaline Trio thing I needed a physical copy of aside from the demo tape. And I had a friend who worked at Reckless who like texted me was hey like hey we got one in do you want me to get it for you because i can get my employee discount on it and get it for half price and i was like yes i do i want that um because i would 300 bucks for seven inches like 
crazy money. Right. And even like 150 bucks is crazy money, but comparatively, <laughs> you got to you got to get where it gets good is what the point I'm getting at. And uh I just it's crazy to me cuz it's like the most I've paid for a record that I don't like that much. Yeah. It's I guess it's wild. I think that maybe something that uh contributes to that too is that after this 7 inch we got EPs but they're released on CD. Yeah, yeah. The, you know, the early Alkaline Trio stuff that's on vinyl is is very slim. It, it's yes. mostly it's out in reissue form. Yeah, no, totally. And like, you know, there was even a period where like originals of God Damn It or maybe I'll Catch Fire drew pretty serious money. And like if you're trying to track down a copy of I Lied My Face Off or For Your Lungs Only, yeah, like you're going to pay <laughs> $60 for the CD EP. Yeah, for exactly. Man, right now on Discogs. But like you can still get those songs. And that's the interesting thing. I think this band, you know, it, it's so funny to look back on something that feels so modest and maybe so incomplete. That would be the beginning for most people, um, especially most people in the Chicago area of like, what is now a cult of like, as we are recording this episode, they are about to play their fourth show in four nights sold out at Metro. Like, yeah, it's a serious fucking thing. Well, you know, it's, it's kind of like when people look at God damn it. And it's the first LP and it's arguably their best. It's Mm. if, if it's not their best, it's definitely the most game-changing. Yeah. It's the most influential. Yeah. That narrative of of that being the first um, permeates, and it's going to follow them. It's going to be their legacy for forever. But this is the first actual release. What difference does that make? Like, you know, if you, if you think about it in mm-hmm. those terms, cause we like to focus on LPs, but you know, a lot of, a lot of people have, uh, the first demo be something that is, you know, lauded upon. And yeah, yeah. I think sundials aside from being a collector's item, it kind of is a marking of, uh, the band for just the fact that it exists. Yeah. I mean the fact that in the matrix, in the run out grooves, the, on the A side and B side, it just says "once a traitor, always a traitor." You know what's that? What's that a reference to? Matt playing drums on the traitors. Ah, you know, and uh-huh. like there's, it's one of those types of things where like if you know this could have been the type of record that you and I would see in dollar bin still to this day, or in like the bottom shelf of stuff at Reckless that's just free. If this was the only release, but right. it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know. There was this, there was the, you know, Mark's a dick, Gar's a drunk thing that had 97 on it. And very quickly, this band just kind of levels up. And, like, when you think about what happened between, you know, even this and For Your Lungs Only, losing a bass player, getting Dan in the band. Like, there are so many ways this band could have just died. But this was the literally, basically, for most people, the starting point. Yeah, and it you know it, it's interesting putting it in those in that context of of this being like a a dollar bin ripper or something that you that you find for free in the carton that's on the sidewalk. Um, I wouldn't be I wouldn't be thinking like if this was the only thing that was available. This is band breaks up after this. I wouldn't be thinking like 
oh, what a loss. No, totally. What a shame that this band never made a record. What a cool little curiosity Yeah, is what it would have been. Yeah, absolutely. And it's something completely different. It's wild. It's wild the, the way things take a turn in terms of legacy and also in terms of the marketplace. Yep. The idea that, oh, I need this for it's not even that good yeah what do you rank it rate it i'm gonna be generous and give it uh three three hundred dollar records out of five i'd say two and a half i was yeah it's like i mean like i said i've never had a moment with this song i've never yeah me neither i've never went and said oh my god i never realized what a great song this is in 2003 i've been a band a fan of this band yeah. for three years and then i'm just like oh my god the four songs that come after my friend peter are fucking amazing yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um for it's, me it's just that last minute redeems it yeah yeah the last Not minute for that for sure um you know and and even like going back to the to the demo that came out with the goddamn it uh, reissue mm-hmm. that version same yeah. thing I was like oh I think this does even less for me I would a hundred percent agree with that so um, either way it's I think it's it's place is you know it's very firmly held as being the first seven inch as being an outlier in terms of art and presentation you know the beginning of the association with johan's face it would be uh prominently displayed in the uh the wing of the alcohol trio hall of fame to reference and kind of it starts afterwards yes so either way nice one though for 50 50 fucking episodes of this thing we did it unbelievable and they still have so many more songs i know so many more songs to cover good bad in between we will be here for it i gotta pick up my bouncing souls records from my parents house because they're gonna move soon oh boy um either way we hope that you're enjoying the time that you've spent 50 weeks with us bringing you content bringing you the good stuff uh we would encourage you to tell a friend about it Mm -hmm. subscribe to it rate it review it oh shit that is so helpful i mean new year everybody's gonna be like oh what's the what's the hot new podcast for 2019 same as the old hot podcast 2018 yeah goddamn, we've been hot forever um but if you want to subscribe uh if you want to help us out even further patreon is available to you patreon.com slash as you were you can pledge a monthly amount get some cool shit in return audio freaking swag we got new swag Mm -hmm. coming up for the uh for the the quarterly yeah gotta figure out in there i know what we're doing it's gonna be good uh go check that out Either way, we will be back next week. We'll see you then. Thanks, folks.